time for your love coach. Let's find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Last week, we talked about families, holidays, and stress. That was part one of a two-part special that I wanted to do since this is the end of the year. We're just wrapping up the end of all the holiday season after you know Thanksgiving, Christmas, and then we're heading into uh, the New Year's Eve holiday weekend. And we covered, we covered a lot of interesting topics with some of the things that we covered last week. And this week, we're going to cover a few more things. We're going to talk about helping out recently divorced family members. We're going to talk about um, handling family members that have children that run wild during family get-togethers. We're going to talk about suggestions for people that feel lonely during the holidays. We're going to talk about negative feelings, why they're important, and why you, you don't want to just feel happy all the time, and why negative feelings actually they serve a purpose. The difference between being alone and being lonely, how we can deal with negative and meddlesome family members, and we, we all have some. <laughs> some have more than others, I think. What we should do when we have family members that refuse to include our dates or our intimate partners in family gatherings. Sometimes we may choose to hang out at the kids' table at family gatherings and some tips on on how to do that and what to do. Um, If it's possible to actually be relaxed during the holidays, you know, is, is that even an option? Why are we still treated like children when we're around our family? And, and is it all in our head or is it, is it a fact? Is that really so? And what about people that are depressed around the holidays? That's just kind of, kind of a little snapshot of what we're going to talk about tonight in the show. This is the second part. And what I did is to make it easy, since it's just a continuation of what we were talking about last week, and uh, Christy Hart and Leslie Beth Wish and George Hegelman are all back with me for this part of the show. I went ahead and I'm going to archive both parts of the show on the same page so it's easy to find. So for people that come back and want to listen later on, both of those parts of the show are on the same page. If you do happen to miss that or want to go back and listen again, because we we cover a lot of territory with these two shows. They're both on the website, and they're going to be on Ready for Love Radio slash Holiday Family Stress. Okay, so they're both on the same page. You can listen to one or both if you want to. And uh, in case you missed the show last week, I did announce that what we did after the show is we got together, and the three of us and three other of my past guests from other shows actually created a book. So not only can you get our thoughts that we share during the show, but you can also get our thoughts that we sh- decided to share on paper after the fact. And we did share a lot of additional information. So there's, there's different information that we shared during the show, and we shared some of the same thoughts, but a lot of different thoughts in the book. So the link to the book 
is on the show page, readyforloveradio.com slash holidayfamilystress. And you can also get it directly um, on Amazon. As of right this minute, the Kindle version is available. But I have already approved the print version and just waiting for it to be processed through Amazon. And it's also going to be available. It, it just It's processing and it's taking time for it to happen. But over time, it is going to be available in the next couple of weeks. Um, Amazon Europe and also on all the other online retailers. And it's also going to be something that you can order. And the name of the book is Dysfunctional Family and Holiday Gatherings. And like I said, I kept the price reasonable. The Kindle version is two ninety nine, and U.S. price, the print version is eight ninety seven. I wanted to keep it reasonable for people to get their hands on it because, like I said, a lot of good information in there for helping people deal with family gatherings and holiday gatherings. So, if it's a reunion or a holiday get together, whichever, lots of good information in there. And even though the holidays in the U.S. are over. There's a lot of information in there to help you to start planning ahead and getting your family allies ready. So start getting ready for next year's holiday season too. So don't think just because the holidays are over, there's nothing in there that you can use, starting to use now, getting ready for next year. So lots of good information. And the special I mentioned last week for um, my Love, Respect, and Accept Yourself program, still good. The link is still on the page, and I'm, I'm going to leave the link on there. I'm going to go ahead and leave the link on there. So if you know where to find it, you can still get the special. 25% off, great program, lots of great information. So if you go to the page, you'll still find it. And I'm going to give her the private link here. So if you go to www.readyforloveradio.com slash Kindle dash special. You'll be able to get that special discount. Packed full of information and there is a video on that page that will give you a summary of the program and tell you all the details. So I hope that people will check that out. It's amazing the information that's in there that'll help you to to get a deeper understanding about yourself. So anyway, feel free to take a look at that. And uh, let's get on to the, the rest of the show. I want to do something slightly different. Now, everything we've talked about up to now is what we can personally do. I want to I put the burden on the listeners for a minute here. Mm. What, about, what about if... We are the ones that are the family members in the room, okay? And we have a family member come to the family gathering, okay? And they are newly divorced, and they're there with their children. As family members, what can we do to support our newly divorced family members with children? How can we be supportive of them? Does that make sense? Yes, ask questions. You know, imagine that you're at a cocktail party and you do the usual thing. Where are you from? What do you do? Well, do that with the new members and especially begin with, you know, some of the kids and don't ask kids yes or no questions. I mean, that's just, that goes nowhere. So you don't say, do you like sports? Yes. 
So now that conversation's over, you know. So I, I want you to ask them, like, um, like, what do you what do you like to do when you're not in school, or what's 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 something really important you'd like someone to know about you, or what's your favorite you know thing next year? What would you like to dress up as for Halloween? You know, anything that gets the kid talking. So you want to be engaging, and again, that goes right back to um, planning being courageous, as Christy says, and most importantly, being really caring to welcome people. True. Yeah, I think, and then also if, if our family member has suffered through a divorce and, and they have kids and they're coming, I think we have to address it a bit just for a second and just say, I heard about what happened. You know, I'm so sorry to hear about that. If there's anything I can do to support you, you know, and maybe offer something like, you know, I'm happy to watch, you know, the kids sometime or something like that. If you can say something like that and then end it and change the subject, because they're probably not yeah. going to want to linger on that topic. But if you if you just kind of work your way around it and never actually address it, that's almost more awkward. So maybe just a short addressing of it, not expecting them to give you a statement or anything, just offering love and support. Um, through that yeah, time. I, I think, yeah, I, I think no one went to be quiet is a big thing, you know. <laughs> put, put, put the support out there, offer the support, and then just shut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah change stop. the topic and talk because there's so much more to the, you know, to your family members than just the one thing that happened this year that was awful. And I think, yeah. like Leslie Beth said, when we can open up to the kids and say, hey, what are you into right now? You know, what's hot? You know, what kind of toys are you looking forward to getting? Things like that. When we can open up a little bit more like that and take the focus away from the one awful thing that happened this year while yeah, also think, offering support. I think, I think what's really sad, too, is so often, even if we've been through the same sort of thing, so often we, we tend to forget what we needed in that situation. Mm. It's it's like you know. Remember what you needed in that situation, and what you would have wanted in that situation, and do that for the person. You know, it it just it's so sad how people don't do that. But anyway, I just I just wanted people to kind of think for a minute about you know when I was in that situation or if I was in that situation, what would I want people to do for me? So I just I, I don't just wanted to kind of flip it upside down there for a second. I love but, that you um, said that. I really do because. You know, the last thing you want is someone coming up to you and, and commandeering you to a corner and they ask, what happened? What happened? Grilling yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Awful. Awful. Yeah, and it does. It happens. It happens too often. And I've seen people do it in family gatherings. And you just want to go over there, get them by the scruff of the neck, and go, would you stop? <laughs> you know, they don't need that right now. You know, And actually, I've done that from a time or two. But yeah, just I just thought let's flip it upside down for a second. So yeah, and another way, and then another way you can support those relatives if if you see them getting cornered, you know, oh, you know, I need to borrow you for a second. We need help with the exactly, (laughs) exactly, exactly. Bail them out, help them, rescue them. Yeah. (laughs) That's why. That's why it's so good to line up ahead of time who your supporters and cheerleaders are, and say to them. Um, if you see me trapped by Aunt Tilly, come on over, you know, please say something nice to me. Or like Christy's saying, you know, bring me back into the kitchen to mash the potatoes or something. Whatever it is, like, you know, identify your troop support. 
Well, and if we know a family member has has a rough situation going on and there's a family event coming out, reach out to them and say, hey, if you need me, let me know. Or give me a signal mm-hmm. or tug you or whatever. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing that, too. And you know what? It's amazing how much it means if somebody reaches out to us before an event and does that. Some There's actually been family events coming up that when somebody has done that kind of thing and said, hey, if you need me at such and such, let me know. And I've actually decided to go because I knew I'd have somebody supported me. So just think about that. Think about the other side of the coin sometimes. Yeah, uh, and I love uh, that Leslie Bath brought that in, the allies, <clears throat> having an ally, um, somebody on yep. your side looking out for you. Absolutely. I have a question for all three of you. Listening intently Uh-oh. to what you were discussing now about divorced people coming to family gatherings, okay, from my experience, which is now about 46 years, okay, of uh, uh, being in a family, um, what my pet haters, when these divorced people arrive, they don't control their kids, their kids run around screaming, and all you feel like doing is wringing their bloody necks. So how do you deal with that situation? With the children running amok? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I think, you know, in every family, there's a different dynamic, and some parents will allow other people to discipline their children, and some, you know, aren't okay with it. In my home, when when we have family members over and they have children that run amok, the first thing I do is lay out my own personal ground rules, and I keep them very vague so that I can change the rules whenever I need to. <laughs> Cheat. And it's and go. it's that this is a safe, clean, and happy home, and those are the only rules you'll need to know. And then I make a game out of it, and I tell the kids, okay, number two is being broken, and everybody's looking around to find out what's not clean. Or, you know, and when you can make a little bit of a game out of it, it's less of a discipline and more of just a keeping them, you know, on target with what you're looking for in the holidays instead of having them just run amok and tear everything to shreds. Okay. <laughs> yes. Again, it's that very important four-letter word, plan. Make sure you plan. And and I've seen families um, write on a slate um, the family rules. Everybody brings their own plate in. Uh, no interrupting. No criticism. However, you know, some families can only handle vague rules like be happy, be nice. And some families really need guidance so that the parent can point to that chart on the wall that, or that, you know, slate or whatever the homeowner, you know, the person who's hosting can put up and say, uh, 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 I think someone's not listening to this rule. Again, you have to know your own situation. Some families need more structure and some just need a little, little suggestion. Okay. But plan. Mm. All right. Interesting one. Yes. Yeah, in my family, the only people that host family events are the ones who don't tolerate that sort of thing. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you just, that, that just very, I mean, that very simply is not tolerated. And if it starts, I, yeah, it, it, it just, not tolerated is pretty much the way to explain that. So, yeah, you, you don't do that in my Aunt Joyce's house. That's just how it is. <laughs> so, you can also yeah. get strategic. For example, let's say that little Billy is acting up again. You as the host, hostess, or, or even another guest, like what Christy is saying. Everyone has to participate here to, in being a problem solver. Remember, if you're not solving the problem, then you're part of the problem. So speak up. So let's say Billy's acting up. Then you could get up and say, 
gosh, I need some help in the kitchen um, dishing out the dessert or whatever. And then name one other person to help you and make, and then Billy. Hey, um, Sue and Billy, could you come on and help me? That gives Billy something to do, gets him or her out of the noise. And kids like to be important and recognized. Usually acting out behavior is a way of, you know, waving a flag that's saying, you know, who's thinking about me? And so when you say, come on back in the kitchen, we're going to cut the dessert and we get to lick the spoon, you know, little things like that. But don't keep it just to Billy. Make sure you invite someone else to come back there and help you. Okay. That is wonderful, Leslie Beth. And, you know, that goes along with what you were saying before. As we're adults, you know, we have these roles in our family. Well, the children are coming into their roles in the family. And this is a great time to help them decide what role they would like to play within the family dynamic. Yes, and it does away with that acting out behavior because once you can get rewarded, you know, you, when you see a child behaving extra well, you could slip them an extra $5, an extra <laughs> lollipop, but you just something that no one else sees. It's like your secret, you know, and, and you can do that with lots of the kids and have a secret. You can also do it with um, unruly grown-ups. You could slip them, slip them a little note. This is what I like about planning. Have a couple of notes in your pocket or in your pocketbook with no one's name on it that says, I'd love to get together with you or I really liked what you said. And just slip it into their hand. Even if it doesn't exactly apply, it really goes a long way because you are changing the way the relationship is structured. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. All right. What what kind of suggestions do we have for people that, just feel really lonely at the holiday time because that's that's a big issue for a lot of people um even even if they're around family um and i think this is more for people that are single but it it can be people that that are married too because it's amazing how how lonely you can feel even if you're in a marriage sometimes oh yeah yeah well I think that the first thing is to, you know, this goes back to your expectations that, you know, if you have an expectation that you're never going to feel lonely, well, you're kind of setting yourself up, you know, for failure here because this is complicated and it's messy. And then you're talking about the holidays, too. So I think opening up and saying, you know, it's okay if I'm a little lonely. And if you look at a lot of the holiday romance movies, there's a point in that holiday romance movie where the person was lonely. So if you imagine that you're in your own little holiday romance movie, then this is the point where you're feeling a little lonely, but you don't know what's around the next corner. Absolutely. You know, don't try to bury those feelings and thoughts you have. Bring them to the surface and say to yourself, okay, I'm lonely, but here's the next sentence. And what do I want to do about it? I don't have to feel this way forever. It won't kill me right now to feel lonely, but what do I want to do about it? So here are some ideas, whether you're married or single or whatever your situation is. Make sure you've got some plans. There's that word again, that four-letter word. Plan what you're going to do because the dinner isn't going to last till midnight or whatever, or the luncheon isn't going to last until 8 o'clock at night. Plan to do something ahead of time with some of your other friends. Have something to do, somewhere to go. Get together with people who know you, support you, love you. Very important. 
And if you are single and don't have anywhere to go, this is something that I did because I wasn't a married person all my life. So um, what I did was I got together with a bunch of other single people of all ages, all different, you know, mixed groups, people from work in the neighborhood or just happen to meet in the grocery store because I'll talk to anyone. And what you're going to do is saying, I'm having a party. And I want you to come to my party and bring someone else who's alone for the holiday season, um, preferably of the opposite sex. So we all just have whatever your sex is, bring someone else of the opposite sex. So there's a nice mix of people, but you don't have to. And so that you can have your own gathering of people. You meet new people. Newness is always a good thing to introduce into your life. And one of the things I did um, around the Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, and whatever holiday is celebrated then, this was my the, the, the most fun I've ever had at a gathering. We each brought a gift that someone had given us that was the worst gift we ever got. <laughs> and we wrapped them up. No, it, I mean... And then we would wrap them up and we would open them one at a time and decide which one was the worst. One year, the winner was this big, huge standalone table clock um, in, in, the, in the shape of a witch. And the, the witch would tell you the time. And then after, the, after every hour, there'd be a negative statement. You're not oh, important. You're nothing. I mean, it was like, oh, my goodness, that was a gift. And, of course, the other ones were the, you know, velvet bullfighter. Oh, and the really, really worst one was the velvet Jesus on the big cloth that hangs on the wall, you know, looking like the eyes were following you around the room. It was really just, you know, you had to be really careful as to where or who or when and with whom you were going to hang that. So we had lots of scary things and lots of really horrible things, like really um, – like things from remember that store Fredericks of Hollywood, that sexy store of things, <laughs> you know that 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 was one of the gifts that someone got who was not a very open person, and it was like really insulting to them. So you know, just find the worst gift that you ever got, and that was what we brought to the party, and we just had so much fun. I love that finding supporters and people that are in your circle that are like you that are you know alone at the holidays. I like meetup groups for that. Um, and they have a lot of different singles groups and different age brackets that get together around the holidays for just that reason. Because, you know, you need some camaraderie. You need people who understand where you are. And you meet new people that way, people you didn't mm-hmm. know before. That's yeah, you can't I, get lonely when you're meeting new people. <laughs> and, and, and truly, I'm honest, I, I, I've met people in the grocery store who've ended up being, you know, friendlies and things like that. And if you don't have that availability. The other thing you can do is get together with a couple of your few close friends who are also alone and plan, 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 plan Mm -hmm. ahead of time to volunteer at like the soup kitchen or secret Santa's wrapping gifts, go to the children's (laughs) hospital and, and be a secret Santa. But those things need to be planned. But there's nothing like helping others to make you feel better. That is so true. Hey, I've got a question that's completely off base but just kind of popped into my head which kind of happens sometimes that's the best one (laughs) well like i said it's off it's off topic but i think y'all are gonna have some interesting feedback on this and i was just thinking you know feeling lonely is something everybody just kind of well so many people think it's just such a negative emotion but and then i talk to people that say they don't want to have any negative feelings whatsoever Mm. okay all right but 
what what do you all think about the the idea of having positive and negative feelings? I think we should have all types of feelings. Oh yeah, feelings because you know I mean we we need the whole gamut of feelings in our life. Don't y'all agree? Absolutely. This is the you know life is a buffet. <laughs> you yeah. don't just want to hit one corner of the buffet. You have to feel all of it. Plus, we have to realize that you know, our negative feelings do serve a purpose. They provide motivation for us to move forward and to clarify what it is that we want. And also, they provide contrast. I mean, if you were always happy, would you really know that you were happy if you didn't also experience sadness? And doesn't well, it make your happiness sweeter? Yeah. <laughs> That's like people that complain when it rains, okay? I'm like, okay, if the sun sh- shined all the time, would you appreciate it? Come on. And I, I love rainy days. Yes. You know? And we can actually learn to appreciate those, even even those emotions like loneliness and sadness, because when we can grow to appreciate the contrast, the fact that, yes, I'm lonely now, but next year at this time, I might actually be feeling a little annoyed that I have somebody with me and, you know, they need all my attention, you know, and there's that contrast there that, yes, you're feeling this now, but, you know, next year you have no idea what you're going to be feeling. You might be feeling the exact opposite. You might have too much company. Well, and there's also understanding the difference between being alone and being lonely Mm. and then comprehending, you know, like I said, the, the difference between those two things because they are two very different things you know like I said and then understanding the the difference between those two dynamics because one one can be very positive depending on how you use it and one one can be more negative depending on how you choose to use it too you know and then well and and I had I had an experience earlier this week that was very negative because a very very close friend of mine had a very life-threatening situation and mm-hmm. which was incredibly traumatic for me but it also helped me to realize what a huge impact this person's had on me over the years, which was very positive. You know, so it, it talk about the range of emotions. So right. I think we need all of these emotions in our life. I, I'm not saying it's always easy because that certainly wasn't. But well, no. why limit ourselves? You know what I'm yes. saying? And we don't always want to be happy. We think we always want to be happy. But if somebody dies or if a, tra- you know, if a tragedy happens, you don't want to be happy. Um, during that time, most people want to feel those emotions. And you have to. It's part of being human and processing. And Yes, for well, sure. I mean, and, well, and, and, we, we, we need to go through all those stages, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know it, and, well, in... And, you know, when, when we do lose someone, you know, we need to we need to go through the loss. We need to go through the grieving process. And then we do need to come out the other side and get to the point where we can we can get to the point where we have those, you know, the happy memories. And, you know, we see things that remind us of that person and get to the point where we can smile and feel good about that person again. You know, we, we need to go through that full range of emotions. So I would I just, like to, I, I, yes. I'd like to add to that because I think what you're both saying is so very important. It, it is not true that you can suppress your negative feelings without having negative consequences. You can't. Mm. When you suppress negative feelings, you are also suppressing the potential for happy feelings. 
you may not feel as much joy, you may not feel as much compassion, you might not feel as much contentment and ease. So you can't select voluntarily which ones you don't want to feel without having a consequence. The other thing is, when you allow yourself to experience negative feelings, you get emotionally weatherproof. You can say to yourself, I got through that experience. Yay for me. I didn't realize how much strength I had. So think of a negative experience as continuing strengthening exercises and making you feel that you can get through life because very few of us get through life without experiencing something scary. A loss, Think of the losses that have happened most recently. Look what happened all over the world with earthquakes, floods, hurricanes. People lost their homes, loved ones, pets, all important um, memories of all the things they had in their home, their pictures, their photos, their sense of who they are, um, being injured. Around the world, this has been a very tough year. People have lost their lives. Um, in some of the news you've heard about and the fires in California. So when you insulate yourself and try to fool yourself into thinking that you can block those emotional negative feelings, you're robbing yourself of inner strength and of a greater sense of control over yourself. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, we Very strengthen good. ourselves when we pick ourselves back up. That's when we grow strong. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, I thought, I thought, like I said, I don't know why, but when we were talking about being lonely, that kind of hit me. And I'm like, you know, maybe this would be a good thing to kind of mention. Because, like I said, I, I talk to people that there's like, why well, I don't know, I don't want to feel the negative emotions. And I, we just, to grow as a person, we have to experience all of the emotions. And like I said, I just, I, I just thought we, I, I just want to bring that out and talk about I it, love so. that because that is courage. It's courage to face those negative emotions. You know, no, we don't yeah. want to always feel them, but. You know, we have to we have to have the courage to be able to feel them and go, like you said, Nikki, through them instead of pushing them yeah. down. So think right. of that Halloween costume you want to wear. Do you want to be a Freddy cat and, and, <laughs> and live on the surface? Or do you want to be one of the dynamic heroes, you know, that... Believe me, you think those soldiers who fight in battles or people who manage airplanes that are in danger, do you think they're not anxious? Do you think they're not scared? But they're so good at making friends with their fears that it doesn't get in the way of acting in their best interest and many times the interest of others. So make friends with your fears. I remember one time I went to this workshop and they were talking about anxieties and fears and anger. And what they recommended was when you get overwhelmed, pick up your phone book and see if you can rip it in half. And you can't. They're too thick. And boy, does that diffuse that thing. All of a sudden, you realize that all those negative feelings that are welling up inside of you aren't so very big and strong after all. Mm. Very true. Hey, speak, speaking of the negative, how, how do we deal with or handle negative and meddlesome family members, because we all have some of those. Well, again, I would go back to saying to them, Aunt Tilly, thank you for reminding me um, and letting people know that you care so much. So reframe it as caring. <laughs> thank you for caring, Aunt Tilly. What do you suggest I do? The number one rule when you go to your family is never let the hot potato stay in your lap. 
Aunt, Aunt Tilly. <laughs> You're the only person I know that talks about Aunt Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, when we we turn it around on that meddlesome person, we kind of diffuse them because they think they have the upper hand when we when they start this stuff. Mm. So I, I I like that because you can watch them kind of deflate it a little bit when you turn it on around on them. <laughs> so. Well, well, you you push that hot potato to them. Don't let it stay in your lap. You shouldn't have to do that. And act, you know, reframe it. Thank you, thank you all for caring. I'm sure you all have questions about my recent separation, and I want you to know. I know for sure you're all caring about me, and I would love to talk to you in private about it, but not in the large group. So take charge of it, as Christy is saying, take that courage. Yeah, I like that. And also, um, Leslie Beth hit on something really cool there, which is that when, when we are fearless leaders in our lives, as we move through um, social situations, even with family members, we can take charge there. And as we start setting our own expectation, as we start setting standards for them that are positive, like Leslie Beth said, you know, thank you so much for being caring. And she's just told Aunt Tilly that Aunt Tilly is caring. So even if Aunt Tilly went into it wanting to meddle, um, she's <laughs> now being told that she's caring and she has to kind of live up to that standard or else, you know, or else be have to bring to light what her true intention is. So most likely Antilly is just going to start acting caring. <laughs> right, well, right. Especially when you say it in front of family loud enough for people to hear you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah, so putting Antilly on the spot. Very well. You use the group. You know, you're in charge. Use them as your, you know, your witness and as you're seeing it that you're telling let's change it let's uncle fred uh, you're telling uncle fred that thank you fred uncle fred for asking you um getting separated is really difficult i'm so glad you cared i i love that side of you what do you recommend i do you know so that again don't sit with that hot plate in your lap that's it you know what folks out there i'm sitting back relaxing here and listening to what these I- ladies have to say <laughs> And I find it very interesting. We'll summarize, I think, just before the top of the hour. And uh, I'll let you know my interpretation of what I've heard today. Yeah, it's uh, the Rendezvous Show coming to you live out of Johannesburg in South Africa. And I have the fabulous uh, Leslie Beth and Christy together with me, as well as Nikki Lee and... uh, keeping us entertained with uh, holiday stress. Over to you, Nikki. Hey, George. All right. Now, ladies, what what should we do if we're at a holiday gathering with our family and our family is not including our partner in the celebrations? Because that, that happens sometimes. They, they just, for whatever reason, just kind of tune out our partner. What, what's some advice we can give? Right, and then there's different timelines. It's how long you've been with your partner and if the family is ready to welcome him in or if you're kind of a serial dater and this is your flavor of the month. (laughs) (laughs) There's all kinds of things to factor in there. But I think just, um, you know, I think Leslie Beth and I are on the same page here with it's all about the planning. Um, if you let them know ahead of time what your expectation is of them in including your significant other or your boyfriend or whatever whatever category this person is fitting into in your life, 
if you let them know what you expect from them and um, and just kind of plan around it. I love Leslie Beth's, you know, introductions and things of that nature. And what I really like is gameplay. I like if you can play a game that really helps to kind of diffuse any tension or standoffishness and we can open up and have fun with each other and get to know each other on other levels besides, you know, the grilling that they might want to do with somebody new at their holiday table. I love it. And old-fashioned charades, mm -hmm. uh, you, you don't need any props. You know, you really don't. Um, I had one family that played bingo to win um, an extra uh, take-home of dessert. I mean, there's all, uh, all kinds of things that you can do, and I love that. It does, you know, being together and doing something fun, you don't realize how much bonding is automatically happening. So I'm really glad you mentioned that, Christy. The other things you can do is again, plan ahead of time. Find a link between your new person and any other family member. So you can write that family member and say, hey, cousin Bob, I'm bringing my new partner and they are a huge, you know, fill in the blank, Red Sox fan or um, hiker. So you create automatically a one-to-one -one bond with your new partner before you even get a chance to meet them and bring them, you know, to the family gathering. I love that. And knowing what social level your partner is at. So if you know that your partner is going to get along with everybody and they're just going to fit in seamlessly, great. But if you know that your partner is maybe a little not as socially adept as some other people that have been over, then maybe make, make sure to pay special attention to introducing them to people and keeping them close with you and touting, you know, some of their virtues. So, you know, this is my boyfriend. He's great at this. Oh, yeah. You know, he was able to do this for me this week and um, and things like that. And really just paying attention to where, you know, your partner is and how they're feeling, what their comfort level is, as well as what your family's comfort level is with this new person. Exactly. And that all goes again into planning. I, one of the things I had my husband do after we got married and I had not met his extended family, um, he sat down and told me who the troublemakers were and what they and what they needed. And he warned me about this one particular relative who was um, very much of a social climber, um, thought that she was above the family mm -hmm. and, you know, had married wealthy person and status. And, and she looked down on people who didn't have status. So he warned me about it. So at a family gathering, she came up to me. She didn't come up to me. She barged up to me, sat down, plunked herself down, you know, on the other edge of the same chair I'm sitting on, you know, really intrusive, and said, so tell me about your family. Who are you? And I had been forewarned that she would do that. I mean, she, she was firing the questions off like little, you know, machine gun bullets. And I said, and I stayed very calm. And, of course, I told a fictionalized version of the truth. I said, well, I come from a really nice family. I said, well, they weren't very nice, but she didn't <laughs> need to know that. Um, and um, I said that my dad's a physician, which is true. And um, we just, you know, and we were um, very cultured and exposed to the arts. That part's very true. My dad was of um, Viennese heritage and very much into symphony and the arts and opera. And that's a main part of my upbringing. So that was true. But what she didn't know was, and now I'm going to be somewhat sarcastic, my father truly was a physician by education. 
But he really belongs in that Guinness Book of World Records as the only American physician who couldn't turn a dime. Oh. <laughs> Which is a very, you know, that's a great accomplishment, you know, in America. So I didn't tell her that part. So I presented myself. This has to do with taking charge of how you want to present yourself. Mm-hmm. I presented myself to this busybody intrusive person because I knew what would make her become my ally. So you can help your new partner know about those busy bodies, educate them as to what they need, what they're looking for, so that you're in charge of your presentation of self to them. Definitely. Yeah, I like that. And I also like, you know, when we can focus on just having a good time and, you know, when it's not, when we can take a back seat, give a back seat to, you know, needing to feel wanted by our family or respected or all of these things that we, you know, those holes, these voids that we want to fill with our family's approval and respect and love. When we can kind of put those in the back seat and just focus on just enjoying people for who they are and having fun. And that, Yes, you know, Aunt Tilly's going to try to start trouble, but that's Aunt Tilly, and we're just going to enjoy that. And yes, you know, Uncle Fred, he's, you know, he might be a bit intrusive, or he's going to run off and have a little drink in the side and get too loud. But we're going to enjoy that, too, because that's, you know, Uncle Fred. When we can, when we know ourselves and have done our own self-work enough to appreciate who we are without needing the validation of others, we can approach these family situations, no matter how loaded they get or how, you know, crazy or chaotic, we can approach them with a sense of fun and adventure. Amen. Yes. And and I think some time ago at the beginning of our talk, I said, if you're looking for love, and that's what you're going for, you did. It, mm-hmm. it ain't going to happen. One of my favorite things to do after family events is on the ride back, my husband will go, can you believe what we smell? Like, <laughs> no, and we just, oh, my God, can you believe they said that? And my husband will say, oh, I, that's typical. I'm not shocked at all. Because, you know, your partner should be your buddy, you know. And if you don't have a partner who's a buddy, find someone else in your family who is. So you can get on the phone or text or emails and say, can you believe again that Uncle Fred did that, you know, and, and your friend and your family member writes back. This is the 23rd person who's done that. You know, what surprises you about that? You know, Yeah, so and that's the kind of bingo, right? That's the holiday bingo. Right. Yes, this is right. going to happen. We're expecting it. We know it. When we right. see it, we can laugh at it now because we're expecting it. <laughs> and you almost want to see it again. It's almost like, oh, in some ways, I hope Uncle Fred goes off on the deep end again. We need something to talk about. You know, you're, but, you know again, I think we're sending very important messages to the listeners Take it easy. Find your fun. And if it means spending time with the kids and that's where your fun is, do that. There's no law that says you've got to spend all your time with the grown-ups. You know, that that is so true because there's so many times that it's good to spend time with the younger people that are there because, you know, they need attention too. Mm-hmm. And that's a, whole lot, that's a whole lot less stressful. I've done that many times. <laughs> <laughs> no shame in sitting at the kids' table. <laughs> it's more fun sometimes. It really is. And and you know, you, you can come equipped with extra crayons and drawing paper, too. I've done that because I was never sure that um, our family members would even think of the kids as being people. So, I, you know, I brought things for them, and we would draw things, and 
you know, come prepared because sometimes that's your best retreat. I like the color. <laughs> I like I the color. So, <laughs> hey, and I, I actually I actually design coloring books now, so I'm good. <laughs> so. You are a renaissance woman, Nikki. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they're amazing. This is the... Okay, so I'll tell you what. Is it is it possible to be relaxed in the holidays, and how do we do it? I think... I think it's possible, but you just have to let go of every single expectation. So it's probably unlikely. I think expecting a certain level of stress during the holidays. I mean, when you think about the holidays, they really hit every area of your life with a tinge of stress. So it's going to hit your financial life because you got to, you know, get presents and maybe you have to travel. It's going to hit your daily routine is going to get shaken up. Your family, you're going to have to, you know, meet with family members that you might not normally. There is so much stress coming from all kinds of different directions. And then you might have time off of work, so you're going to have to push and have extra stress to get your work done on time. All kinds of things are going to get hit. So I think expecting a little, you know, some stress during the holidays is the best way to go into it. That way you're not disappointed when when there are heaps of stress there. And get a sense of humor. You know, really, get, get a sense of humor. Step back and pretend you're watching a play and you're waiting for Uncle Fred and Cousin Bob to do their thing. And you can almost, you know, call it play by play. You know, you know what the next scene is. And the other thing is, and this was mentioned um, very much at the beginning of this show, there are some situations where you don't want to go back to be with the family. If it's very toxic and abusive, you don't have to go. You, yes. It's not a law that something horrible is going to happen to you if you don't go. Now, some people would say that that's not a good idea, but sometimes it's really self-preservation. You don't have to go where someone's going to berate you all the time, and you can't Mm. seem to find a technique that quiets them. So think about that. You do have the freedom to say no. Well, and, and, you know, if you do go, have realistic expectations. You know, don't don't expect a Hollywood movie because you know what? Somebody scripted <laughs> that. It's not real. Understand? And if you're going to expect one, how about National Lampoon's Christmas? <laughs> there, there you go. I love there that. There you go. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I tell you what, let's, how, how about this one? And this could actually be an hour-long question, and we don't have anywhere near that kind of time. But why are we still treated like children when we go home? I think Leslie Beth answered that, and it's because we have these roles. We have these roles, and we go back home, and we just seamlessly slip into these roles. Um, And it doesn't matter how old you are. When you go back in front of your mom, you're, like, forever a certain age, you know? You're forever a kid. Um, And when she tells you to go set the table, you're going to go set the table. (laughs) And, 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 you know, we, we do it without thinking, and our parents do it, and every other family member does it. I think we all do it without thinking. Oh, and yeah. Even though it, drives, it, it irritates us to no end, but we all just <laughs> do it because we're with family members. When, when the holiday seasons come or family gatherings come, imagine that your family is kryptonite, you know, the, the, the substance that really weakens Superman. So knowing ahead of time, that you are going to these family events as a child. What you want to do is to go as a person who is aware of their child in them, conscious of it, expecting the family to act as usual, and going with a plan where you are going to take control of yourself, 
that could range anywhere from being silent to being humorous to taking charge and like passing that bowl around where everybody says something nice. But the most important thing is to acknowledge it, bring it up from the recesses of your quieted mind and become mindful of what it gets activated in you when you go there with your childlike emotional family roles, your old expectations. Be prepared to know about that way ahead of time and ask yourself, do I want to go? What am I asking for? How realistic is it? There ain't going to be much love coming again, so let's make sure I accept that, and let's make sure I take charge with the courage that um, Christy has been talking about. I what love about, that. What about people that get depressed around the holidays? Because a lot of people do. They they just get depressed. for It, it may be because of dealing with, with family. It may be because of the people that they lost around the holidays. Oh, yeah, and there's physical reasons for it, the fact that it's darker, you know, longer there are. No, it's not. There are all kinds of reasons. The days are nice and sunny and bright here in South Africa for uh, long hours in the evening. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, there are all kinds of reasons to be depressed. And when we think about depression, at that low end of the emotional spectrum, what we're talking about is really a sort of hopelessness. It's the sort of feeling that things aren't or can't get better and that is being that is a feeling of being powerless and when we can start to even do something as simple as decide what we want our lives to look like or maybe some of the activities we'd like to include in our holidays and maybe shake it up a little bit. So say like, well, this holiday, I'm just going to go ice skating. I'm going to see how that is. Just the act of shaking things up can kind of put a it can kind of lift you out of that hopelessness because now you realize that you don't even know the possibilities of the things that could happen. Yes, for sure. And depression for many people is an experience of a sense of loss. Mm. Loss of like you're talking about loss of control over one's being an agent in one's own life. It could be loss of having the family that you didn't that you wanted but didn't have. It could be real losses of loved ones, pets, losing your home, losing your job, losing your, your physical health. So if you have a tendency to dip down to the point that you can't pull yourself out, I go back to that word plan. Go see your family doctor or whoever, if you're seeing a psychiatrist, anyone who can prescribe medicine and knows you because perhaps that's been helpful to you in the past. And learn some coping techniques that will boost your ability to not dip so low and to become more in charge of yourself. That's, I think a lot of people discount that, um, the, the medicines and, and things that can actually help you. But really, when, when you're that low, it's kind of whatever's going to help you and not make the situation worse. So, yeah, absolutely. Take care of you. Take mm-hmm. care of you. If you don't take care of you, most people aren't going to be as good as taking care of you. Exactly. All right. All right, ladies, we need to start wrapping things up. So any last, like, wrap-up kind of thing that, that you each like to share? I think I would just like to say, you know, the holidays can be a hot mess, and you can still have fun <laughs> with it. We can still have fun even when it's a hot mess. Just picture yourself in the middle of that National Lampoon's Christmas movie and just roll with it. 
<laughs> definitely. That is just over you, Yes. <laughs> Get a sense of humor. So here's here's a good checklist that your listeners can write down. And, and this is not in any particular order, but get a sense of humor. Um, don't go looking for love. Get your allies lined up ahead of time. Let them know when you need help. Let them know that you can signal them with a nod of your head or make sure you sit next to them. And take a chance on being a little anxious by acting like a new, empowered you, including pretending that you're somebody else. Okay. Interesting one, hey, Nikki? All right, ladies, I'll tell you what. Carry on, Nikki. I know any time I go to a family gathering, I make I make sure that, that I go with someone that I consider an ally, somebody that I, I know is going to be there to support me if, if anything comes up that, that I don't want to deal with. And I, I know, too, that if if I'm going to a family event of any kind and, and there's somebody that I care about that I know has got something they're dealing with, I let them know ahead of time that I'm there to support them if they need it. And I I don't have expectations that it's going to be any better than it was the time before because you know what it's not going to be. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I mean that's so important. The only thing we can truly control um, is the way that we feel, what the events mean to us, and what we're going to do about them. Right. Yeah. Very true. Love it. And, and I forgot and I, to and add. Go ahead, Nikki. Well, and I know the conversation on the way back is going to be entertaining. Right. I forgot to add one thing. This might sound so simple, but it, it does amazing things to your sense of well-being. Plan ahead and volunteer to do something. Um, wrap ki- you know, presents for kids. You know, Go to that soup kitchen. Call the local hospital and ask if they're accepting, you know, secret Santas that come around to the children's wards or the grown-up wards, wherever. Do something by giving. Mm. Oh, you know, you know something too. In in one of my shows, I I interviewed um, um, uh, foster parents. It was a really cool, unusual show that I did. And something they mentioned on there that absolutely anybody can do to help is to donate gifts to foster parents in the local area. So I just thought I'd toss that out there. That is something awesome anybody can do. And foster parents have such a load on them, and they're doing so much to help people. So people around the holidays, if you want to do something to help, that's something you can do. It's a great way to help in your local area, too. So just wanted to throw that out there. And, you know, one of the ways you can take care of yourself throughout the whole year when you're feeling lonely, I would say I go through my closets and my house at least at minimum once a month. And I always have something to give to Goodwill or Salvation Army or some charity event. Keep it up. Very important. And most especially around the holidays. There's always someone who needs something. Yep. Yeah. There is. All right. Ladies, can I give my threepence worth here as well? Um, Just to summarize, summarize what I've heard in the last two hours. When you know you're getting kids coming over for a a family get-together, hang a big plaque of rules right on the front door so they know where they stand. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to be lonely, well, that's your choice, okay? And uh, most importantly is take care of yourself. You are number one in your life. Nobody else is number one in your life. 
And then when you are at a family gathering, and once again, you see blonde ladies with blue eyes let slip certain things. <laughs> Never believe a story that they tell you, okay? <laughs> He's picking on you, Elizabeth. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, Josh I pretty much wrote you. the book. That was it. <laughs> Now, I want to say to both you ladies, <laughs> Christy as well as Leslie Berth, I want to thank both of you for a most entertaining and enlightening two hours that we've spent together with you. Uh, it's been very thank informative. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, yeah, I hope the listeners out there learned a lot from the last two hours. It's an honor to be here, George. Thank you so much, George and Nikki, for having me on and to the listeners for listening. Christy is actually on my show on Thursday night this week, and we're going to be talking about the dominatrix mindset, George. Uh-oh. Uh, we, won't, we won't go down that road at this point in time, okay? <laughs> I'm just teasing you, George. Just just teasing you a little bit so you'll know. Yeah. It's so empowering, though. I mean, it's so empowering yes. what, what you do, Christy. It's really just very helpful to people. And I yeah. think everyone, I, I, I enjoyed this very much. Oh, me too, Leslie Beth. It was wonderful. You have such incredible insights. This is lovely. And it's always fun hanging out with Nikki. She is just an amazing Renaissance woman who you can't even keep up with all the things she's doing. <laughs> uh, Nikki, after long lost, has revealed who she is out there. Okay, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> At long last. Listen to you, George. <laughs> No, that empowering people is is very very. No, 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 no. Change that now. Not empowering people. Empowering women. That's what you said. Okay. It, it's on my website, George. Read the about page. It's real clear. <laughs> uh, anyway, Nikki, thank you for bringing our two guests on together with us, and uh, yeah, it's been as I said a very informative last two hours, and I hope the listeners out there have uh, gained a lot of knowledge on how to handle stress uh, during the holidays. Well, thank you, George, for having us. Thank you again. Okay. Folks out there, we're going to say cheerio from the Rendezvous Show, and uh, I'm going to wish you a pleasant week ahead. Leslie yes, George. and Christy, once again, thank you, and uh, cheers for now. Thank you, George. Cheers. I hope everybody enjoyed the rest of the show. Lots of great information, and I hope you'll check out the book, and uh, then you'll have your own copy of all the advice and all the suggestions from um, Christy Hart, Leslie Beth Wish, from uh, Reka, from Todd Krieger, and from Susan Ball to help people to lessen the stress around getting together with families and holidays and um I look forward to sharing that information with folks. And I also look forward to seeing you next time on Ready for Love Radio.